Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehila Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehila Community Podcast. My name is Ryan Cabrera. I'm your co-host, and I'm here in Studio B with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. Great to be here. It is great to be here. We are approaching the sixth night of Hanukkah 2020. 2020 is almost over. There is a lot to be thankful for this year. And the end of the year is one of them. Amen. Yes. <laughs> and so this week we are studying the Torah portion, Miketz. And so as we study the Torah portion with you guys week in and week out, we just want to say thank you. We love you. We appreciate you. Make sure you guys like it, subscribe, do all those good little things, hit the bell, uh, you know, share, share, share. And if you think you've shared enough, find a new platform and share some more. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the Torah portion of Miketz is found in the book of Genesis, starting in chapter 41 and verse 1, and ending in chapter 44 and verse 17. And Miketz is at the end. Mm. So Ryan is going to read Genesis chapter 41, verses 1 through 8, to set up our story. Let's do it. And it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by the river. And behold, there came up out of the river seven well-favored kine and fat-fleshed, And they fed in a meadow. And behold, seven other kine came up after them out of the river, ill-favored and lean-fleshed, and stood by the other kine upon the brink of the river. And the ill-favored kine, or the ill-favored and lean-fleshed kine, did eat up the seven well-favored and fat kine. So Pharaoh awoke. And he slept and dreamed the second time, and behold, seven ears of corn came up upon this one stalk, rank and good. And behold, Seven thin ears and blasted with the east wind sprung up after them. And the seven thin ears devoured the seven rank and full ears. And Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. And it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all the wise men thereof. And Pharaoh told them his dream, but there was none that could interpret them unto Pharaoh. What a great storyline here, you know. We don't really need an outline because we have a story. So, you know, two full years had had passed since Joseph saw the butler, of course, and the uh, baker. Yeah. Two full years had passed. Which is a long time to be sitting in jail. Remember me, remember me. And I I, I shared that let Scripture interpret Scripture, but um, prisons in Egypt or dungeons were underground. Ooh. So there's no light. Yeah. And there's actually a reference, I'll have to find it, that Joseph was actually even shackled. So he's shackled and he's in a dark dungeon. That doesn't sound like fun at all. And, uh, and so once again, this story is unfolding. And so in, in Pharaoh's first dream, uh, actually seven healthy kine or cows came out of the river. So Pharaoh's going to have this dream. And of course, seven healthy kine, kine or cows, uh, they come out of the river. And then after that, of course, you know, uh, seven other kine that were ill-favored and lean fleshed. Oh, they ate up the seven well-favored and fat kine. Okay, so there were seven healthy cows coming out of the river and seven not healthy, okay? And so they ate up the seven that were good. Yeah. So you have this big plump, you know, the Baroque period of time. Uh, Plump was in. Cool. We need that right now. And then, of course, we have these, um, you know, they were, were, of course, not, not too healthy looking. Ate up the healthy ones. Now, and then Pharaoh has this second dream. And, of course, he's got seven ears of corn uh, that were rank and good on one stalk. Now, we say it's not corn, it's wheat, okay? So, oh, okay. But it's, it's So seven ears of wheat uh, were rank and good, came up on one stalk. Okay. So it's really, wow, look at this, you know. Yeah. This is, this is incredible, unheard of. And then, of course, uh, seven thin ears, uh, and, of course, they looked like they were, and they were blasted with the east wind, uh, came up after the seven good ears of corn on one stalk. And, of course, once again, same thing with the ill-favored cows eating up the good ones. The bad stalks, that they are up the good one. Uh, so the seven thin ears of corn did devour the seven good ones. They did that. 
So Pharaoh has this dream, and he's perplexed. It really troubled him. It troubled him in his spirit, and he's like, hmm, you know. And so uh, when he awoke from his dream, he, he, like I said, he was very troubled, and uh, he went to all the magicians and all the wise men and told him his dream, and none of them could interpret it. Yeah, which is which is odd, right? I mean, these guys are supposed to be super wise and you know, spiritual. You've got to be aware of the dreamers, you know. <laughs> But the thing is, it's interesting that, you know, if you go to someone and say, hey, I had this dream, can you interpret it? I'm sure someone's going to say, oh, sure, I can interpret that. Well, it's like, why doesn't the psychic just play the lottery and move, you know, move this, to Cabo? This pharaoh's tough if he killed the baker. You oh, know yeah, I mean? no, he's no. If he burnt the cupcakes, this guy is a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. And I don't think the people want to speak out of churn and just come up with something, because I think he's he's uh, he's he's. Well, he wasn't that. as bad as Nebuchadnezzar. Remember, Nebuchadnezzar said he was going to kill everybody if that nobody, and then he wouldn't even tell the yeah, dream. Yeah, tell me the dream and the interpretation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a good, that's a good story. Um, but then all of a sudden, it dawned on the the chief butler, the cupbearer. It dawned on him that Joseph had interpreted his dream, right? right? And so uh, he tells Pharaoh, "Hey, I know a guy that can interpret dreams. I had a dream, and he interpreted it, man. Pharaoh, and it came true. Yeah, and Pharaoh's like, you know what? Bring him." Yeah. So they did two things uh, to Joseph before they brought him to f- before Pharaoh. They shaved him, and then, of course, they changed his raiment or his clothing before he was brought before Pharaoh. So anyway, Pharaoh tells Joseph the dreams, both yeah. dreams. Right. And so basically what happens is, is as we look and develop this, actually this, even the storyline here, um, it says right here in Genesis 41, 15. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it. And I have heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. I hear that you can interpret dreams, Joseph. And Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, In my dream, behold, I stood upon the bank of the river. And so he's going to go over this dream once again. And of course, was Joseph able to give the interpretation? He was. He was by he was. by you know the revelation of God, which is pretty cool, because if you really think about it, um, how many of us have special gifts and talents that we use on a daily basis? But yet, do we give honor to God when we use them? Because they really do come from God. It's true. It's just like having this facility, Bait Tehillah. Yeah. You know. Church. Yeah, that's right. Pastor Durstein last night you was know. like, I thought I was coming down a dirt road. I was yeah. telling, you know, was it Shirley? Yeah, his wife is Shirley. Yeah, was he, the last time he had been here was when there was like a dirt road and a, and a modular <laughs> with some barbed wire fence. How funny is that? And a few chickens running around. <laughs> so when he pulled up, he's like, "Boy, vey, like, wow, this yeah. is this is incredible. It is. This is really good." So yeah, we do give all honor and, and praise to God and give Him all the glory because Christians with Torah, this this podcast is for His glory. Amen. Because because you know there's so many other things we could be doing right now. That's right. Like maybe even eating another donut. We've had. Enough we can't donuts. do that now because we're doing videos. We've had enough donuts. We do it before. Yeah, because it's 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 important that we eat fried food that we fulfill these obligations of customs and traditions. I do love Hanukkah. If there's evidence, we will be innocent. <laughs> but the evidence is right here. The evidence is here. <laughs> so all of a sudden, you know, um, Joseph is able to interpret Pharaoh's dream because of God. Yeah. Uh, just a little warning for all of you out there. You know, God interprets your dreams. If you have dreams, he will give you the interpretation. Mm -hmm. Don't try to, you know, search it out so much so that you're going to try to make something up. Uh, They have this, this, this term called pizza dreams. You ate pizza the night before, and you have yeah. these wild dreams. Or Taco Bell. And they, they, and they say, you know, the dreams is a whole other study in and of itself, but dreams are very important. But just remember, God will give you the interpretation. But and usually you'll dream it like twice. Like Pharaoh had like the same concept, but two yeah, different dreams, yeah, yeah. but they were, they were really synonymous of one another. Well, and the common thread in both of his dreams was the river, right? Obviously, the, uh, agrarian, lean. Right, the agrarian culture in Egypt, because there's, you know... And, of the, course, the number seven. Well, that, but I'm meaning that... Clearly, the famine is caused by some problem with the river. The, the kind come out of the river, and then, and then the lean flesh ones come out of the river. Then you have the same thing with the stalks of wheat. And later on, coming that river out of the will river. be turned to blood. Right. So imagine if the river dries up or has some issue, that would cause a real problem in Egypt. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, we'll have to go back and look at the, um, the storyline there and the plot to its you know, fullest storyline. But I, I think there, there, there might be something about a drought. But anyway... Um, so there would be seven years of plenty and seven years of famine, and that's the interpretation that was given to Pharaoh. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Joseph is by by you know 
how old is he when he came before Pharaoh? Uh, when he came before Pharaoh, he was 30. Yeah, we're going to get into that. So, so when Joseph uh, suggested that Pharaoh place a man over the land of Egypt, Ryan, to gather the seven years of increase, who did Pharaoh choose? Well, he chose Joseph. Think about it. Everybody else is like, uh, like, you know, right. so uh, I don't know how to help you. And he comes up and not only interprets the dream, but also says, if I was in your shoes, Pharaoh, here's what I would do. But let, Lays the solution out on a silver platter for right. him. But let me ask you this, though. Do you think that's favor? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, when you have favor, you know, it's interesting, you know, never pray for finances. Always pray for favor. Yeah. So favor will get you a long, long ways, yeah. you know. So pray for favor. So um, so he chose Joseph. You know, anyone who's be been listening cabinet. to this podcast for long has probably heard me say that for me, when I think about the Holy Spirit and the, the, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, one of the big things is making good decisions, right? Right. And I imagine... Joseph being one of those people that we can look up to, but one of the big things that Joseph did is he made good decisions, despite all of the circumstances that came against him, and every right. reason to rebel against God and all that. Right. Just like Job, right? All these horrible circumstances happened to him. He didn't. And imagine this for a second. Let's say that he were to make the wrong decision with Potiphar's wife. He could have gone all this time. It just goes back to birthing an Ishmael. It does. And Rebecca not but imagine Jacob I, in the tent. I think people think that immediately that if you hear that he did... Uh, if he did have iniquity with Potiphar's wife, that Potiphar would have found out and that he would have been dead. But I would suppose that he would have done whatever she wanted, right? Got her off of his back, and then guess what? He would have just stayed in Potiphar's house, and he would have been stuck there. And so he would never be in the position that he's coming into as we're talking if he would have done that. Why? Because he wouldn't have been cast into prison and all of these things. So he spends 13 years in prison or 12 years in prison, whatever it was, he proved 10, at least 10 years. Of, he he pr- improved himself. Well, he proved. He, but it was God that allowed himself. this to happen because God knew that he was going to end up the, as God prime was minister. in on this one. This one, this one was God. But it was because he made a good decision that he thought he got punished, right? You know, they say no good deed goes unpunished. Well, he thought in the end, right? He, he's thinking for 10 years that this decision, I should have just, you know, given in to her, then she would have left me alone and I would have been, you know, going about my business in Potiphar's house. But he'd still be in Potiphar's house if that was the case. Well, you know, once again, you know, th- thank you, Holy Spirit. The thing is, though, right now, Joseph is even reflecting on the dreams that were given to him. Yeah. And he's like, these haven't come to pass. Mm, interesting. So here's, thank you, Holy Spirit. Here's, here's a word from the Lord. This is, a, this is inspiration right here. When God reveals something to you and you walk towards it, he will fulfill it. Yeah. But it takes time. It does. It's in his timing. Mm-hmm. You know. So when an Orthodox Jew plants a tree in my daughter's name... Man, wasn't that it's cool? Favor. It's like I was like, it, <laughs> it's like I know. It's like really, this happened. You know, yeah, that was all because cool. of just social media. Just hey, our baby daughter's born, and uh, yeah, and Aaron Lipkin just grabbed it and ran with it, and actually physically planted a tree in my daughter's name. How, how could you pay that back? Well, you don't, right? But it's posted on the Beit Tehila Facebook page. I would encourage everybody listening to go and find that video. It's Aaron Lipkin on there, and he's planting a tree in Ahava Hope's Ahava Hope's name, yeah. yeah. So, so I just want to say to all of you that are out there, hang in there, because the restoration of regathering the whole house of Israel is happening right in front of us. Now, Joseph not only had favor as he was working up the ladder, but he had favor in a, in a home, Yeah. right? Then he had favor in the dungeon. Okay, now he has favor with Pharaoh, and now look what's going to happen, Ryan. He's going to be given the position of second in command by Pharaoh. Right. So not only does he have the favor, his life is spared, he's going to be used. You know, he's, he has this dream, remember? Yep. His family even uh, paying obeisance to him. He becomes second in command, and so now, now everything is starting to, to change for him. You know, uh, after Pharaoh named Joseph by the name of uh, Zafnath Paania, which is abundance of life, or dream interpreter. Yeah, revealer uh, of secrets. Yeah. Who did Joseph marry? Uh, Asenath, an Egyptian priest's daughter. That's right. Uh, Potiphar, a priest of On. So now he's going to have some mixed religion here in his marriage with mm-hmm. an Egyptian. And, of course, he's a Hebrew. Yeah. You know, uh, some people have said, and even if you watch Aleph Beta, which is an Orthodox uh, Jewish website that does little videos cartoons like of the torah portions he gives you an explanation and stuff but one of the things that were brought out which was very very good was the fact that people would say well why didn't joseph go back to his brethren because think about it joseph was under the impression hey my father doesn't care 
Yeah, because my father my knows I'm gone. My brothers don't care. Yeah. Now, now to know whether they claim that, that he was murdered by a beast and he caught all that, that lie, and maybe they promulgated that lie to the father and all that, I don't know how much he actually knew at that point. But actually, you know, it, it says that Joseph becomes the father to Pharaoh, which is kind of funny. It seems like Pharaoh was, was young. But it seemed to me like Pharaoh was a father to Joseph because he, he, look what he did to him. This is brought out in the Olive Beta video, and I want to, I want to give credit where credit is due with, with Olive Beta. Um, so basically, you know, he felt like, hey, my father neglected me. This guy is promoting me. Yeah. Uh, my father was back there and my brothers and they threw me in a pit and stripped me of my clothes. And as a result, I've been in prison and now, all this time. And now I'm, I'm getting new garments. Yeah. I'm getting new clothes. That's right. New, new coat. Know, I'm getting a new coat. Yeah. A new life. Yep. You know, and so he marries this Egyptian priest's daughter. And of course, he was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh. So, you know, we don't even know really how long he was in the dungeon or in, you know, divvy up the the house you know when he's in a, the, the the house servant sure i don't know because he was thrown in the pit at 17 so there was 13 years in egypt right so that's quite a bit of time so we can divvy it up between the house and the dungeon i don't know but we know that there were two years that we know that he was definitely in the dungeon so that would be you know when, when he was 28 you know the fact that you, so he dr- interpreted those dreams at 28 right you mentioned that uh well interpreted the butler and the baker's dreams right right yeah he was 28 one of the things that, that um, really kind of inspires me to, to realize the validity of the scriptures that we're reading, you know, the fact that it says that Joseph was a father to Pharaoh or was like a father to Pharaoh um, is pretty cool because, you know, when you think about it, like who brings some guy out of prison and then puts him in charge of his kingdom? Second in command. Right. I mean, that doesn't, yeah. I mean, just usurping everyone else. I think there's a parable or a story where Jesus says, you know, make sure that you go sit, you know, in the back. Yeah. And if someone wants to bring you to the front, let them do that. But right. if you're in the front and they ask you to get up and go sit to the back, not good. That's not a good sign. Right. But think about that, though, that it makes it believable because if you consider the fact that this is a young king, right? It's a young pharaoh, um, possibly, you know, an, either an adolescent or even a child who's having this dream and the dream is troubling him and he is the pharaoh and that nobody can really help him with it. And then here comes along um, Joseph who's already cleaned up by the time he sees him, right? They shave him and change his clothes so he doesn't look like a prisoner necessarily. It makes it believable because an established pharaoh with a whole board and all of this stuff might bring him in and take his counsel, but probably wouldn't promote him to prime minister, so Well, maybe Joseph's maturity established him as like a father figure. That could I be. I don't know. I'm it just wondering, be. you know. It could be, but at 30, As far as the age know. go. So, so here we go. You know, Joseph is starting a new life, and of course he's going to have two children. Ooh. He's going to have two children. The first one is Manasseh. The second one is Ephraim. That's and right. And of course, Manasseh means forgetting. Yep. Because he's like starting over. He's got a new life, right? And of course, then he has Ephraim, which means fruitful. So he's trying to forget about his past because he lost everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, slave, slave, you know, a slave, the slave mentality. But he's being built up now in this, in this particular culture, in this particular uh, geographical area, in this empire of Egypt. And of course, Manasseh means forgetting, and Ephraim means fruitful. So he really wants to forget the pain and the sorrow and all that. Yeah. And now he has Ephraim and says, "Hey, look, I'm fruitful." He has his own son you know? now, so it causes him to forget the past. You know? So uh, were Joseph's two sons born in the time of plenty or famine? They were born in the time of plenty. So they were born in the time of plenty. So what we're going to see here, Ryan, is an incredible story unfold. That when you look at the two houses of Ephraim and Judah. Okay, this is happening really during the time of plenty, for the most part. So now Ephraim is coming up. Yeah, there's there's really no famine. There's no economical crisis except for the COVID, but we're yeah. going to recover. So I'm just saying that I find it interesting that the Hebrew Roots movement started in the 80s, the Jews for Jesus movement started in the late 60s, early 70s, the Jesus movement, and so as you see the Je- the Jews coming into their faith of Christ and becoming Messianic Jews. And doing Shabbat and practicing their faith, now we have in the 80s now, the Gentiles are awakened, yeah, which is on the heels of the Jewish people. So, so we're, we're the Gentiles or the heathens, the nation's coming back. And so I find this very interesting, this storyline, yeah. you know, because God is going to fulfill the storyline. See, know your part. See, know your part. Uh, Angus Wooten, who went to be with the Lord, is a great man of God. He, he's married to 
Bought you a Wooten. He said to me, we sat down one time and we were fellowshipping and having a good time. And he said, son, make sure you know your role. Yeah. Because when the curtain is pulled back, everyone needs to know their role. That's right. So know your role in life, you know. So if you're a non-Jew, don't try to be a Jew, you know. Boy, yeah, that's, some, a, that's a big just thing. Just try to be something you're not, you know. Be, so Be who God has called you to be. Now, here's something else that's interesting, Ryan. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Now, we're going to build on this whole Ephraim thing, Manasseh and Ephraim, right? Well, when the seven years of famine began, did you know that all of the earth was hit with famine? The whole world. All of the earth. It's like COVID. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. All of the earth was affected by the famine. So what are you saying, Pastor? What I'm saying is that because of COVID-19 and certain circumstances in the earth today, God is going to pull out his children. Yeah. He's going to get our attention in a time of a crisis. And I go back to Abraham when he was given these promises and these cool things, and he was told some incredible things, and then there was a famine, and he had to go to Egypt. Now, Isaac didn't. Isaac was told to stay in the land. Now, you're going to see Jacob later on is going to have to go down to Egypt because Isaac is the picture of the promise. He doesn't have to go to Egypt. So I'm just bringing this up because it says right here in Genesis 41, 57, and all the countries of Egypt or all the countries came into Egypt to, to Joseph for to buy corn because that the famine was so sore in all the lands. So remember, when you see the word corn, it's wheat. It's yeah. grain. Grain, Okay. Yeah. All the countries came into Egypt. So God is creating circumstances to finish the storyline. So when we see all these things happening in the earth, even the uproar in this election, God is going to do something incredible. And what is it he wants? What does he always say? That he's trying to get to... He wants his children. He wants his children. He wants his children. And that's why when we... uh, I'll tell you, Ryan, when we serve and we love, people are drawn to that. Absolutely. Now, you don't have to to prove anything. You don't have to be better than anybody else. You got to put nobody down. But when you love and you serve and they see your enthusiasm, just like it was shared last night, people were drawn to pastor, you know, Gerald Durstein, yeah. a Jew in the bank, you know, and he brought him into his office and talked to him and everything. He showed him his seat seats. And yeah. so here he was a Christian. And so that, I mean, that's a big deal, but people is. have the Holy spirit inside of them. It's true. And they truly walk around it's as true. an ambassador for Christ. People are attracted to that. So, why fight against the circumstances? Just ride them out. Yeah. Ride it out. You know, do, do what you got to do. And so anyway, um, so 10 of Joseph's brothers were sent by Jacob to Egypt to buy corn, to buy, the, to buy the grain. Right. He says, listen, there is no food. Now, here's Jacob. Very wealthy, but a circumstance has come now. Sure. That he cannot avoid. You know, this is the first time that the Olympics has ever been shut down. Right. Since it was created, you know. So, so, so it's funny. So... Ten of his uh, brothers were sent by Jacob to Egypt to buy corn. And so which brother was left to stay with his father? Benjamin was left. And the reason he was left is because he's Joseph's brother, right? Rachel's only other son. He thinks he's already lost one of he his... He lost Rachel. He yeah. lost Joseph. And now all he has is Benjamin. So he's very protective And of he Je- named of him Benjamin, too. No, he's the son of my right son hand. Son of my right hand. Stay right here next to my right hand. You know, my wife and I were thinking of daughter names, you know. And I feel so good right now because we went into negotiations and things. And she yeah. had some really names that I'm not going to mention that I wasn't too fond you of. You read The Art of the Deal right before, so, right? <laughs> so we go to Tampa General Hospital. And she's in there. And she's already like three centimeters dilated. So she's, you know, there. So we just kind of started talking. And I, and I just, I said, you know, I, I really like Ahava. That more, that more I think about it, you know, at first I wasn't, I thought about hand cream. Yeah. But from the Dead Sea. Because there's a company called Ahava. Right. But Ahava means love. And my wife loved Hope, the middle name Hope. So, like, I said, I really like Ahava. So there's, like, silence in the room. And I'm just praying it under my breath, you know, in tongues. Yeah. What does she get to say? And she's like, Ahava Hope. Ahava Hope. And Ahava it is. <laughs> and I, was like, I rolled over that little, yes. You know, the word yes. Ahava is actually uh, an awesome word. And I don't know if you know this, but the first mention of Ahava in the Bible is in the Akedah, um, in the binding of Isaac. And it was where, um, you know, his only son that he loves, right? So that's, right. that's the first mention of Ahava that's in the Bible. That's awesome. So Thank you for sharing that. What a nugget. to his child. What a nugget. Now, here's something cool. So once again, worldwide famine. Everybody's affected. Oh, yeah. And then we scramble because God wants us to do something. You know, um, now when Joseph's brothers went down to Egypt to get food, did they recognize Joseph when they bowed down to him? Did they recognize Joseph? Uh, no, they did not. Remember, he was shaven, he shaved, new clothes, and 13 years had passed. Yeah. 
Think about a 17-year-old and the, get a picture when you were 17, Ryan, and when you were 30. A little different. It is definitely different. I mean, your in hair could case, be different. It's very different, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Yeah. Do you have that? No. That's skinny. I mean, I, something in the cloud. Or? We got it. Yeah, I probably do. <laughs> I don't know if I have a 17. I won't be posting of any of those anytime um, soon. Yeah, I was out on the town. Um, now, here's the cool thing. So here comes the 10 brothers. Yeah. They don't recognize him. But what does Joseph do? He goes, man, those are my brothers. Because he was younger, and he knows their features and everything. They didn't oh, yeah. change. Oh, yeah. Well, they didn't change their raiment or There's their 10 of them coming from yeah. Canaan. I yeah. Mean. So he recognizes them. Yeah. So it's game on. Oh, yeah. Now he's like, hmm, I'm going to teach them a lesson. I want to see if they've learned anything at this point. Yeah. So it, it doesn't say whether it's of God or not, but he's got a plan. Well, also, they're probably all calling each other by their names, and his name is now Zafnapanea. Right? right, so all the Egyptians are calling him Zafrapta by this other name. They're not right. calling him Yosef. Right, and his brothers are calling. Hey, that's Judah, true. Hey, Simeon. You that's know what true. I mean? And there's ten that's of them. That's true. And of course, he knows Hebrew. Right. That's so we're right. Gonna, we're going to get into that. That's but right. anyway, so so he accuses his brothers of being spies. Let, let's read read Genesis forty two nine. Ryan. All right. It says here, and Joseph remembered the dreams which he dreamed of them, and said unto them, Ye are spies to see the nakedness of the land. Ye are come. Like, no, man, we, we came to get some food. Yeah. We came to get some food. We're all starving. It's worldwide. I mean, you know. Yeah. And um, in 42.15, this is, this is interesting. Uh, so they tell the story, right? Let's, let's, let's look at that. So anyway, so they tell the story. And, um, and basically what happens is, <laughs> you know, they actually say this. I thought this was interesting. Uh, in verse 10, and they said unto him, Nay, my Lord, but to buy food are the servants come. We are all one man's sons. We are true men. Thy servants are no spies. Right. And he said unto them, Nay, but to see the nakedness of the land you are come. This is Joseph's response. And they said, Thy servants are twelve brethren, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. And behold, the youngest is this day with our father, and one is not. We lost one. Yeah. So and he's like, "Oh yeah, you lost one, huh?" So they're tell, they're telling the truth. Absolutely, they're under yeah. pressure. They yeah. got nothing. They're telling, uh, and of course, you know. Um, and Joseph said unto them, "That is it that I speak unto you, saying, you are spies. Hereby you shall be proved by the life of Pharaoh. You shall not go forth hence, except your youngest brother come hither." So they want them to bring the younger brother. Yeah, tell me your story. So now he's going to build on that and feed on that. He says, "All right." One's not, okay, I got that, that's me, <laughs> but you don't know that. Right. Now you have a younger brother, right? So he says this, you know, um, this is bring also, back their younger brother. This is also one of the reasons why there is speculation, and people have scriptures to support both sides on this, that Joseph was not there when Rachel died and when Benjamin was born. Now I've seen, again, both sides of the argument, but this is one of the scriptures they used to say that Joseph didn't even know Benjamin existed, and then he's like, oh yeah, you got another younger brother? Well, where is he? He does. I mean, bring back their younger brother. And so um, he's going to take the, the, his brothers, he's going to put them, he's going to con- put them in confinement uh, for three days. That's in 4217. You just sit and down and think about it. put them all together into, into war three days. Yeah. yeah. Let me put you all in a room for three days because yeah. you're going to be squirming when I get done with you. Absolutely. And, um, and Joseph just lays the gauntlet down. He says, listen, it's real simple. If you don't bring back your younger brother, you're all dead. Yeah. I mean, that's a threat. Yeah, it sure is. You're all going to die. Yeah, one way or the other, either right? through famine or through his hand. If you don't bring him back, you, you're, you're all going to, you're going to die. So how is he going to have some, some, some uh, he's going to have to have some collateral here. So anyway, the, the brothers felt guilty about what they did to him, to Joseph. They started thinking back, read forty two twenty one. Yeah, it says here. So here their guilt's ki- kicking in. Now. Yeah, it says, Shame. and they said one to another, we are verily guilty concerning our brother in that we saw the anguish of his soul when, we besought, when he besought us and we would not hear. Therefore is this distress come upon us so you reap what you say amen to that so now they're being tormented held into a position of a confinement you know and of course reuben speaks up this is you know we talked about reuben and reuben answered them saying spake i not unto you saying do not sin against the child and ye would not hear therefore behold also his blood is required so, so now remember it's now reuben's time. bringing like hey but you know what's interesting? i told you not to do this look at this this is interesting and now this, i'm in prison with you yeah this, this is interesting um that we saw the anguish of his soul I know. when he besought us, and we would not hear. He's crying from the pit. Remember, Help he's crying me. from the pit in the movie Joseph. Oh, God, it's so sad. 
Therefore is this distress come upon us. You know, it's like mercy. If you don't give mercy, you don't get it. You have insufficient funds. Yeah. Insufficient mercy because you didn't give it because you reap what you sow. It's like the person that was owed a lot to somebody. Yeah. And the debt was forgiven and somebody owed him a little bit. Right. 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 right, right. Well, he paid the price. Yeah. The master came back and said, you know what? Go to prison. That's right. So, so anyway, now when Joseph heard Reuben speak to his brothers about his opposition to harming him, when he knew Reuben had stood up to him, man, he left the room and wept. Like, man, somebody cared. Yeah. And Reuben is the firstborn. Right. He lost the firstborn blessing. Right. But he cared about Joseph for whatever reason. He had empathy. Sure. You could say he showed empathy. Yeah. If you don't show it, you don't show it. But if you see where Reuben wanted to pull him out of the pit and save him, that's empathy. Well, and remember, Reuben was saddened in the account. Reuben comes back and Joseph's already gone. And, and but he's think sad. how God had to play all this out, Ryan. I know. Because Reuben could have saved Joseph and none of this would have happened. Right. So he got distracted. Something happened, you know, to be at the right place at the right time for this story to unfold. Now, it's uh, interesting here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I want to say 4224, but he's going to start to test them now. He's like, okay. Yep. They're all here. Um, they're going to have to bring back the younger brother or they're going to die. And then uh, he's going to get into this. Um, let's see here. Well, he lets him go, right? He keeps Reuben behind. Well, what he does is he, he put their money bags back into their sacks of grain. And then, of course, uh, uh, Joseph took Simeon and bound him up before his brethren. That's what I meant, Simeon. Reuben, yeah. Simeon. Well, he took Simeon <laughs> yeah. in, in verse 24 of chapter 42, and he locks him up, and then he sends them on their way, and he put money bags back into their sacks of grain. And so... Um, when Joseph's brothers returned to Jacob and told him they were accused of being spies and that they were to return back to Egypt with Benjamin, um, and what was what was Jacob's response? What was their father's response? I believe he said, no way, Jose. No, I don't think he said that. <laughs> but he did say, my son shall not go down with you, for his brother is dead and he is left alone. If mischief befall him by the way and the which we go, uh, which ye go, then shall ye bring down my gray hairs with sorrow to the grave. Yeah. So that's how much he loved his boys. And anyway, so he's like, this is not, no, 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 no way. So now the storyline even deepens more. Sure. Because Simeon is left behind. They have to bring Benjamin back to prove this. And Jacob's like, Man, but you know Jacob's, he, I know he cares about Simeon. Yeah, of course. Pretty much. I mean, so you got uh, Reuben. Uh, Simeon, Levi, then Jacob, boredom, Leah. But you know he cares about Simeon. He cares about his sons. But this is what Reuben offered his father if he didn't bring back Benjamin. This is what Reuben said. You can slay my two sons. Now, that's pretty steep. I mean... It's like, well, like collateral damage. I don't know, collateral. I think it's just the point. I don't... I mean, obviously, Jacob's not going to slay his grandchildren because someone other, one of his own sons gets slayed. Well, you know... you know, this movie could be played out in a really great way. I think they do it. If you just follow the lines, I mean, we'll have to, yeah, yeah. to some degree. But that's what Reuben did. And so the famine was, was, was bad, and Jacob told his sons to go back down to Egypt. And, and what was Judah's response? You know, he goes, listen, we need food. you got to have to go back down to Egypt. You can't send us if we don't have Benjamin. That's right. We have to go back to Egypt with Benjamin. Literally, we're all dead if we don't bring Benjamin back. So it's almost like there, there's not very many options. Yes. Defy the order. Or do it, right? And so it's interesting that it says right here in Genesis 43, 6. I thought this was interesting. And Israel said, Wherefore dealt ye so ill with me as to tell the man whether you had yet a brother? Yeah. You gave TMI. Yeah, why did you have too to speak Too much up? information. That's right. You told the man too much. That's right. And now he's using it against us and bringing me harm and pain. I mean, think about this. He thinks Joseph is dead. Boy, was he upset. Yeah, he was not happy. So let's 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 read Genesis forty three verses eight and nine, Ryan. All right, here it goes. Who's going to step up? It says here because um, and so they said. Well, let me read seven through nine. Here it says, and they said, the man asked us straightly of our state and of our kindred, saying, "Is your father yet alive? Have ye another brother?" And we told him according to the tenor of these words. Could we certainly know that he would say, "Bring your brother down"? And Judah said unto Israel, his father, send the lad with me, and we will arise and go, that we may live and not die, both we and thou, and also our little ones. 
I will be surety for him. Of my hand shalt thou require him. If I bring him not unto thee and set him before thee, then let me bear the blame forever. That's a big deal. The Judah has shown himself righteous now a second time. Well, remember, Reuben stepped up. Reuben hey, did, yeah. You know what? You know, he steps up. Hey, Dad, if I don't bring him back, you can kill my two sons. Right. I know you're in anguish. And if you were to lose Benjamin, that's the two. I have two. But I think Judah has more clout with, but here's with Jacob. What but think about it, though. Think about this, though. He's going through the pecking order. Right, right, right. Jacob, right, right, right. Israel, is thinking, okay, my sons, hmm, what, what am I dealing with here? <laughs> he, doesn't ask, he doesn't ask the handmaidens, boys, to do anything. No. You know who steps up? Yeah. The main, the matriarch. Well, mothers. Reuben steps up, but he's not really in good favor. No, but look, Simeon's locked up. Right. Well, he can't even speak. Yeah. He's yeah. like, man, I hope I get out of here. Right. Imagine what he's thinking. I know. Oh, you know how much time they had to think about what they did? That's a lot. Three days in a, in a, in a, in a well, confined the, area. Well, the whole trip back. And now Simeon's like, while they're home, he's thinking just like Joseph. Man, I know how he feels now. He was all alone. Yeah. And where are my brothers? Right. See, you reap what you sow. Well, remember that scene in the movie in uh, The King of Dreams um, where he yells out, my brothers will come for me. You know, I mean, no. it, and they show that little scene. And, yeah. you know, Joseph, you could tell Joseph's like, yeah, I said that same thing. <laughs> so Joseph's going to take full responsibility to bring him back safely. You know, he gets the scepter. Judah is, yeah. Yeah, Judah gets the scepter. So so Reuben, Simeon, Levi, you know, and where's Levi at in all this? You don't really hear him. No, but, you really don't. You're so right. So Simeon and Levi are kind of in cahoots with one another. Levi's remember, laying they low. Were, yeah. They were the... the, the the heel cutters. Yeah. So now Jacob gets involved, right? So so Israel decided that his son should return to Egypt. And this is what he does. He says, listen, I want you to take a present back to this guy. Yeah. Back to him. I want you to take him and give him a present. Right. He knows how to do that because with Esau. Right. Did you go back and look at all that livestock? Oh, yeah. That's why he was probably giving him all that livestock because Esau wouldn't be able to kill him if he had to catch all this stuff. Oh, man. Goats and you know, everything. <laughs> He gave him the best fruits. He gave him eight things. He gave him the best fruits. He gave him balm, honey, spices, myrrh, nuts, almonds, and double the money. And double the money. He doubled the money. Well, and obviously. He, and he gave the best fruits, the balm, the honey, the spices, the myrrh, the nuts, and the almonds to give back to this master, to this guy that's over Egypt. And, of course, food distribution. Yeah. You know, and then, of course, uh, when they all came back to Egypt with Benjamin, what did what did Joseph do for his brothers? He prepared a dinner for them. He prepared a dinner for them. And uh, which I don't think they were expecting that. Let's see here. Yeah, go ahead and uh, read read uh, forty three eighteen. All right, forty three eighteen. And the men were afraid because they were brought into Joseph's house, and they said, because of the money that was returned in our sacks at the first time are we brought in, that he may seek occasion against us and fall upon us and take us for bondmen and our donkeys. Wow. It's rough. So, so he prepares a dinner, and they're freaking out. Like, gosh, what, 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 how, what, what's going to happen here, you know? And so after Joseph's brothers explained their situation to the steward about their sacks of money being in their grain bags, this is what he said to them. This is what the steward said to them. He's just messing with them. I know. It's just so funny. messing with you. Um, and he said, peace be to you. Fear not. Your God and the God of your father hath given you treasure in your sacks. Oh, I had your money. Right. So he's kind of he's lying. Yeah. He's Egyptian steward. He's lying. Yeah, oh yeah. Spirit of lying follows upon him. He's like, no, I had your money. God supernaturally put money in your sacks. And I guess that's what he was told to say and do. So there's right. there's some things going on here. And so uh, uh, Joseph Stewart uh, brought out Simeon in Genesis 43, 23. Little reunion here. And he said, peace be to you. You know, then he goes on to say, and the man brought the men into Joseph's house and gave them water and they washed their feet and he gave uh, their donkeys provender. Uh, and then, of course, he brought out um, Simeon. What verse was that? It was it twenty three where he brought Simeon out. I don't out? think I see it. You're talking about where he brought Simeon out. Yeah, where's the verse where he brought? Yeah, it's it's twenty three. Yep. Uh, and he brought Simeon out unto them. Right. 
So everything's starting to come together. Everything's starting to look good. It's all building up to more tests. Right? Yeah, of course. More tests. Level one and, um, passed. So the Joseph's brothers, they washed their feet and they realized that they were going to eat bread and, and they gave Joseph his presents from his father. Right. Our father wanted you to have this. Oh, so yeah. they offer it to him. They give it to him. Right. Because uh, Jacob is a gift giver. He knows how to give gifts. Well, he, he certainly knows how to grease the skids, you know? Think about it. He gives gifts when he thinks he's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen. He gives gifts when it's all on the line. Well, he knows, he knows that he can send the gifts ahead of himself to gain favor. It's, it's a good point. It is. It is. It endears people. What does it people. say to bless your enemies? Yeah. Buy him gifts. I mean, I was going to kill this guy, but he just brought me the best fruits of his land and Buy balm and honey gifts. and spices and myrrh. I mean, nuts and almonds. Yeah, never run from those that give you a hard time. Run to them. I've learned this. Mm, interesting. That'll preach. With gifts. So he gets these presents from his father. They don't know that. Joseph, no, these, these came from my father. He's given these to me, but he doesn't know it's me. Yeah. So he's thinking about this, and he goes, how is your father? Right? Yeah. He wants to know. How is your father? And so after Joseph confirmed that Benjamin was with them, uh, what did he do? Well, he went away to weep. I mean, he found... He, he had he, seen Benjamin in thir- or 13 years. At least, yeah. Yeah, from 17 to 30. And um, so, uh, and, and by the way, it was an abomination for the Egyptians to eat with the Hebrews. It was an abomination. Yeah. Because, um, you know, they keep cattle and stuff. And what the Egyptians do, they worship calves. Just like even in India, you know. Right. They believe in reincarnation. Right. So a cow walking around could be Uncle Ben. Could be Uncle Al. <laughs> so, I mean, but if you think that's ridiculous, then you go to the Temple of the Rats. That's fun. Forget the theme parks. Where are we going, Dad? Temple of the Rats. <laughs> I can't. I'm just saying that we think that a lot of this stuff doesn't exist today. Yeah. Like, like these, these false gods and idols and things. Yeah. But when you have a Temple of the Rats... You know. So at this point, though, Joseph is still maintaining his cover. And so he separates. They're going to eat over here. He's going to eat by himself because, and that's why it's explaining it, it, it was an abomination. It's a culture thing. Right. And so he's maintaining that because he doesn't care, right? He's a Hebrew. But he knows you know, that they would know something was up if he were to sit down and eat with them. So Yeah, there was a distinction. Yeah. So he didn't sit with them. No. No, you made a good point. Not that's, in this one. That's what's brought out. He's so maintaining he, his cover. He's not going to break the culture. Right. And that's another thing, you know. It's, customs traditions aren't going to hurt you. Right. It's kind of like when you go to the whaling wall, and you don't cover your shoulders, or, yeah. or you don't do the right things, they're going to haul you off. They are. Yeah. The, the, just do as They're going to haul you off, and you, will, you, know, you won't be going back up to the wall. Yeah. So that's the thing, you know. Uh, it's customs and traditions that we need to understand. And, and what's interesting, so we have this dinner table for the boys, and Joseph sets them up in their birth order. Yeah, talk about playing with their minds. How does he know which birth order we are? And they were, they were amazed at that, I believe. They yeah. were amazed at that. What does yeah. it say? And they sat before him, the firstborn according to his birthright, and the youngest according to his youth, and the men marveled one at another. They're like, how, how did this happen? I can only imagine. It's funny, like when I want to take a picture sometimes, I try to get them an order. No, you go over here. Yeah, you go, yeah, yeah. No, you know you were born after. Get over here. Yeah, yeah. She's over. Put, Stop bucking the system. Put a hob at the end. Yeah. So then he messes with them even more and gives Joe, or, uh, Benjamin five times more food. Oh, yeah. He's, the test is still happening. Can you imagine a plate? It's jacked up, like, right? You know, like brisket or something. There's yeah, like, like five of them on the plate. Yeah. And you got one brisket. And you're like... He's trying to see if there's jealousy. Oh. But he can pour it on because he's, he's got the ability. Because well, he wants to, yeah. Five times more. How much more food did Joseph get to bed? Five times more. And um, when Joseph told the steward of his house to fill the men's sacks with food and to put their money into it as well, um, where did he tell the steward to put his silver cup? Uh, well, he put the silver cup in Benjamin's sack. He's going to put their money back in the sack again. Yeah. He's doing it again. This is... Test and then level he says, three. take the silver cup and put it in the younger one's sack, yeah. which is Benjamin. Right. This is a setup. Oh, I, if I've ever seen a setup, it's this a is setup. a setup. For sure. And so uh, Joseph set his brothers up by giving them a head start before sending his steward to confront them about his silver cup. And what did his brothers say should happen to the guilty party? You want to go to 44.9 and read it? Well, here's what's interesting about this. This, is, uh, this was foreshadowed previously. Because Israel did this with Laban, 
Do you remember? And so let's just read 44.9 real quick. Uh, here I am. Uh, here it says, With whomsoever of thy servants it be found, both let him die, and we also will be my Lord's bondmen. So remember when uh, Jacob mouthed off yeah, to Laban. when you find those well, is, idols, let them die. This is Rachel's son. So the very person that it was spoken of previously, now it's spoken of, you know, literally again, her, her son. And they're speaking at the family. I know. It's just let like, them die. let them die. Not good words. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's just repeating it's not mistakes. Good. It's, those are not good words. No, not at all. Those are, those are some harsh words. Yeah. Well, and also, you can only take it back. Remember when Herod said, <laughs> what would you like to the, to the, you know, the daughter. Right. Of the woman that she, that he's with, I want the head of. Uh, he's like, oh, I can't take it back now. Oh yeah, no. He grieved over that. Yeah, because it was John the Baptist. Yeah, because he really kind of liked him. Um, and so what would happen to the other bondmen or the other brothers? They become bondmen, right? Yeah, the brothers would become bondmen. Right. So that person's going to die, and we'll serve you. Yeah. So if you find the cup, let that person die. Because we're not going to take that cup. There's no, there's no way we're going to have that cup. Yeah. Which you that would was think, a setup. You would think they'd have been a little smarter because last fraud. time. <laughs> They had snuck something into their sacks. So this time, I mean, I just wouldn't have said that. I just probably would have. Well, they're just trying to really defend themselves yeah. as best they can. Of course. You know, and so when they searched the sacks from the eldest to the youngest <laughs> and found the silver cup in Benjamin's sack, they, they rent their clothes, didn't they? Yeah. Well, they're like, oh, no, well, I mean, no. This, this is the worst, worst case scenario. This is what dad said would happen. <laughs> exactly. Oh, right. no. This is what dad said would happen, you know. And so, um, Genesis forty four sixteen. If you could read that, Ryan. Yep. So forty four. They're, they're going back to the sixteen. We'll just read forty four sixteen and seventeen because these kind of go together. It says, "And Judah said, What shall we say unto my Lord? What shall we speak? Or how shall we clear ourselves? God hath found out the iniquity of thy servants. Behold, we are my Lord's servants, both we and he also, with whom the cup is found." And he said. God forbid that I should do so, but the man in whose hand the cup is found, he shall be my servant, and as for you, get you up in peace unto your father. Dun, 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 to be continued. So he's <laughs> testing them. He gave them a serious ultimatum. If you don't bring this guy back, you're all going to die. Then he says, right? Yeah. Okay, you guys say, if you find the cup, let, let him them die. die, and we'll serve you. Right. What does what does Joseph do? He says, "I'll tell you what I'm going to do." Yeah, Benjamin's going to be my servant. All of you can go back to your father. Not good. I mean, I wouldn't want to go back to my. It's father It's like either. you're at square one with what happened to Joseph, yeah. thrown into a pit, away from his brethren. He's going this way. They're going that way, and it's playing all over again. Now they're thinking, "This has been played out. This is deja vu." Yeah. Now we're going to go back to the father, and what are we going to tell our father? Yeah. What are we going to tell dad? Yeah, I would. They're just not. This, so so this, this becomes the dot, dot, dot to be continued. And next week's Torah portion, Vayagash, is where we find out the conclusion to this matter. Um, but it's an awesome story. But let's, let's consider this, though. Once again, we have a worldwide famine. Right. We have Joseph's dreams that he already has inside of him. You know, we won't even get into that Joseph is a type of Messiah or Christ. Right, right. Messiah ben Yosef, because that's really missing the true storyline here. Yes. We need to let everybody know that Joseph is not Jewish. Wait, Joseph is not Jewish? He can't be, because Judah is the Jew. So wow. what I'm saying he's is an that Israelite. when we think about what God is doing in the earth today, you don't really have to try to defend it or even prove it. You just have to live it. Right. You just have to live it. Right. Why? Because you're going after something that was promised years ago. Yeah, because prophetically, the house of Joseph, you know, we can we could follow the line through Ephraim and yeah. all that. And I'll tell you, if, if I could pray anything for Beit Tehillah, and I just see it, I just wish people would grow up for Beit Tehillah. <laughs> Amen. Just grow up, be mature. Yeah. You know, I like to cut up. I like to, you know, my, my little uh, nephew Ezra. We were, I was taking him to VBK. He says. You're funny. <laughs> you make me laugh. And I don't know if that's good or bad at some point. Would you point, look at him and say, hey, looks aren't everything. But what I'm trying to say is that we need to be mature and responsible, Amen. Ryan. For those listening to this podcast, we are, we are in you know, interesting times, but I would say that we need to grow up, we need to be mature, 
and responsible. Right. And we need to have the right priorities. And I think that's the thing that I want to remind all of you that it's interesting that as we move forward in the storyline, you're going to see where all of the children of Israel were born outside the land of Israel, except for Benjamin. Benjamin. And then Benjamin is kind of like going to be forced to be in the diaspora. Right. To go to Egypt when he was born in the land, the only one. So what I would say is this, and it's very interesting as we develop the storyline for next week, which is going to be Vayigash, it's going to be incredible because here's the deal. We can see that we're 6,000 miles away from Israel and seven hours ahead they are in time. Sure. But I believe that the whole house of Israel is all over the world. Yes, there's Judah. Yes, there's Jewish people. Yes, they're, they're, they're scattered. They're in the diaspora as well as we are. And also they're in Israel. But I'm telling you, Ryan, the most incredible event is taking place right now. It is the gathering of the whole house of Israel. Amen. And the reconciliation of Jews and Gentiles. Yep. So that's all I have to say. That's fantastic. I'll tell you what, um, you know, these, these accounts that we read in the Bible, they're relevant to our lives today because we're, we're literally seeing the groundwork played. But, you know, have you ever been betrayed and then had to forgive somebody? Have you ever been in that position? I mean, that's, that's a, a, a big place to be in. And I think we're, you know, we're seeing the development from Joseph's standpoint of how much turmoil goes inside of somebody that deals with something like that. That when you have, you know, you've been put in a position to where you have to play the bigger person role. Take the high road. Take the high road. It's difficult. And, you know, sometimes you vacillate back and forth between, you know, the the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other, you know, back and forth as to which one you want to listen to. And uh, in this case, you know, Joseph, the time that he spent in prison, the time that he spent as a slave wasn't wasted time. God molded his character over those years. Um, and we see that in the next Torah portion, how it kind of comes to a, a head, a culminating point where he makes the decision to go in the direction that he should rather in the direction that, you know, would have just caused his family, his father, and his and the posterity of his father, the whole nation of Israel, uh, harm. And, uh, and so we just praise God that he made good decisions. Amen. That's good. Good work. Amen. All right, guys. Well, thank you guys for listening. I'll tell you what, um, this is uh, an awesome set of Torah portions that we're going through. I love the book of Genesis. Dare I say the book of Genesis is one of the greatest books in the Bible. <laughs> in the beginning. In the true. beginning. It is. It is an awesome, awesome. It's the story of our family, right? It's our heritage. Family tree. Um, and so we're, we're grateful for it. And so uh, if you guys want to reach out to us, uh, you guys can comment uh, on YouTube. Seems to be the quickest way that I get notifications. Uh, that and Facebook. So if you comment on YouTube, you comment on Facebook. That's great. You can also email me directly at Ryan at toopraise.net. Ryan at toopraise.net. Um, and then if you're listening on SoundCloud, iTunes, or anything like that, don't forget to share and like and rate whatever it is that you can do on the platform that you're listening to. It all of it helps us get the word out. All of this gets the word of God out to the nations about the relevance of Torah to Christians today. So bless you guys. Have a great week. Great storyline.